0: Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Wednesday, April 26th, and we start with local news. After a long community battle since last fall, Governor Bill Lee put his final stamp of approval last Wednesday on legislation that will expand the Duck River's Class II Pastoral River designation from Murray County to the Hickman County line. Efforts to ensure the bill's passage included over 2,000 Murray County constituents writing letters to the House Natural Resources Committee and over 100 constituents attending legislative meetings in Nashville several times a week to speak in favor of the bill. The push culminated last month when the House Agriculture and Natural Resources Committee approved House Bill 0447 that will extend river protections. Representative Scott Sapicki led the charge as sponsor of the bill in the House, while, Repres- uh, while Senator Joey Hensley sponsored the companion bill in the Senate, and Representative Kip Capley also supported the bill. Sipiki advocated to keep drinking water uncontaminated and for the river to be used for recreational use as one of the most biodiverse rivers in the world. I have never seen such widespread support from constituents on a bill, Representative Sipiki said. Preservationists, business leaders, local farmers, elected leaders, and constituents from Murray County band together in support of protecting the river, leading to the bipartisan support of the legislation. Seventh-generation farmer Sam Kennedy III, whose farm adjoins the Duck River, attended committee meetings and spent weeks spent speaking with legislators, along with Columbia broker Dan McEwen and other landowners. Representative Justin Jones, a Democrat from Nashville, a member of the House Agricultural and Natural Resources Committee, even visited the Duck River in Murray County ahead of the bill's passage, spending hours along the banks. As a result of the groundswell of community support and interest in preserving the Duck River, grassroots group Save the Duck formed, now in the process of becoming a 501c3 preservationist and advocate Gail Moore, a Columbia resident who will serve on the Save the Duck board, said she is pleased and relieved that the bill passed. I am grateful for the bipartisan support and the passage of the bill. Many residents spent days attending the legislative meetings, with a final meeting drawing over 200 supporters, which made a difference, she said. However, the battle is not over, she said. Moore refers to three pending permit applications submitted to the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation by Louisiana-based Trinity Business Group last summer, seeking to develop a solid waste landfill and processing site on over 1,300 acres at the former Monsanto property in Columbia, just miles from the Duck River. The proposal would include a tire processing facility, energy compost processing, energy recovery metal salvage, and wood waste processing from construction. The pending permits were the catalyst for constituents to take action last fall to protect the river's natural resources, such as fresh water for drinking and recreation, as well as preserving aquatic life. The Duck River is one of the most biodiverse rivers in the world, containing an array of rare species of fish. Moore helped to organize a community meeting last October to raise awareness about the landfill proposal, the meeting drew dozens of constituents, leaders from TDEC and locally elected officials. Murray County leaders and supporters of Save the Duck believe that the new legislation will thwart landfill development, but as an added measure, the Murray County Commission voted last year to approve a state statute dubbed the Jackson Law that would prohibit the formation of landfills within the approval without the approval of local city councils and county commissions. In addition, the newly appointed Murray Marshall Solid Waste Regional Planning Board also voted earlier this month to deny Trinity Business Group's development of landfill operations at the old Monsanto property during a meeting at Henry Horton State Park located in Chapel Hill. We hopped yet another hurdle yesterday, thanks in part to your emails, presentations, letters, postcards, handouts and emails, mailboxes, recorded calls, video downloads and presents at the meeting. Moore wrote to the supporters after the Waste Board's April 10th vote. Thank you all for letting the board know the will of the people, she wrote. During the legislative session, Trinity Business Group Legal counsel alluded to launching a lawsuit if the landfill development was blocked. In the meantime, Trinity Business Group's three original permits are still labeled as pending on the TDEC website. As the General Motors assembly plant in Spring Hill continues its multi-billion-dollar ramp-up to full-scale EV production, the latest innovation to come online at full capacity is its new paint shop. Construction began during the pandemic, and the new facility opened with limited production in June of 2022. It reached full capacity, running two shifts earlier this month, 12 weeks ahead of schedule. While there are some 38 to 40 employees per shift, all of the actual painting is done by robots. At about 1.5 million square feet, the new shop is actually 250,000 square feet smaller than the original paint shop, but it has a much more efficient footprint utilizing 3.5 floors and technology that increases output, reduces the impact on the environment, and enhances employee satisfaction. Nick Howell, GM's paint area manager, has worked in paint shops for 17 years and said this one is like no other. This shop offers among the best air handling systems, the spray technology is best in class, and the transfer efficiency is top-notch, Howell said. Any paint that doesn't stick to the car ends up as waste, so anything we can do to improve what's going on the car means less waste, he said. The new GM paint shop has the capacity to paint 600 to 800 cars per day. It runs on five mods or modular paint production lines, whereas the old facility was a two-booth shop with less capacity and functionality. The new setup allows for reduced color changing, which is another creator of waste. When you paint a red car followed by a white car, you have to clean out the paint lines and there's waste that goes into that, Howell said. How nice would it be to put 10 red cars all on Mod 2 and all white ones on Mod 5, for example? That flexibility turns into throughput because now you are moving things in a much smoother capacity. We get more output out of this shop in terms of the flex and design of the process, he said. Among the colors used in the new paint shop are Summit White, Black Meat Kettle, Radiant Red, Sharkskin, and Mary Kay Pink. Howell said his team will paint anywhere from 150 to 250 Cadillacs Mary Kay Pink in a year. Aside from its enhanced abilities to make less of an impact on the environment, GM's new paint shop is also elevated to a level needed to paint world-class vehicles like the Cadillac Lyric, the first fully electric vehicle to come off the GM assembly line. Now our process aligns with the technology and design you see in these new EVs, Howell said. Employees and others involved in the design, construction, and functionality of the new paint shop are set to be celebrated at a special event to be held at the shop. To say we pulled this out ahead of schedule 12 weeks under COVID conditions is certainly worthy of recognition to the team, Howell said. The first shift has been running for nine weeks, and we are building at 95% to 96% first-time quality. That is a testament to our partners in building, the building, and the launch team launching it, he said. Spring Hill GM's paint shop will continue to undergo expansion while the facility will still operate out of the old and new buildings with portions of the painting process still taking place in the original shop. A third building that is part of phase two of the expansion will come out of the ground next door. The phase two building will connect to the existing new paint shop and the original building will be gutted and revamped for body shop expansion beginning in June. And it's all part of GM's ramp-up to full production of the Lyric and other soon-to-be-announced EVs. The Lyric launched in March of 2022, but with very limited production. As the ancillary plants get upgrades like the paint shop, it enables GM to go into full production. The Murray Regional Cancer Center has been awarded another three-year term of accreditation in radiation oncology as a result of a recent review by the American College of Radiology, or ACR. Radiation oncology, also known as radiation therapy, is the careful use of high-energy radiation to treat cancer. This is the fourth time the Murray Regional Cancer Center has earned a three-year term of accreditation from the ACR, Administrative Director of Oncology Services Dana Salters said. It really is a testament to our physicians and staff and their dedication to providing our patients with the highest quality of care possible, she said. The Murray Regional Cancer Center at Columbia Mall is a comprehensive treatment center that includes the clinical specialists, treatment technologies, and support services needed by cancer patients and their family members. In addition to the accreditation from the ACR, the cancer center is also accredited by the Commission on Cancer. Radiation treatments are delivered in the Marie Regional Cancer Center by a sophisticated team who utilize advanced technology to precisely deliver radiation while sparingly healthy while sparing healthy tissue. Radiation oncologists are complemented by a team that includes simulation technologists, dosimetrists, physicists, radiation therapists, and nurses. Our team at the Marie Regional Cancer Center is committed to providing the best possible care to our patients said Murray Regional Health CEO Dr. Martin Chaney. I'm proud of the work that they do to make sure our patients and their loved ones are cared for in every step of their battle with cancer, he said. The ACR is a, the nation's oldest and most widely accepted radiation oncology accrediting body with over 700 accredited sites and 30 years of accreditation experience. The ACR seal of accreditation represents the highest level of quality and patient safety. It is awarded only to facilities meeting specific practice guidelines and technical standards developed by ACR after a peer review evaluation by board-certified radiation oncologists and medical physicists who are experts in the field. Patient care and treatment, patient safety, personnel qualifications, adequacy of facility equipment, control, quality control procedures and quality assurance programs are assessed. The findings are reported to the ACR Committee on Radi- Radiation Oncology Accreditation, which subsequently provides the practice with a comprehensive report they can use for continuous practice improvement. The ACR is a national professional organization serving more than 36,000 diagnostic interventional radiologists, radiation oncologists, nuclear medicine physicians, and medical physicists, with programs focusing on the practice of medical imaging and radiation oncology and the delivery of comprehensive healthcare services. For more information on the cancer services offered at Murray Regional Health, including medical and radiation oncology, navigation services, screening options, support services, and more, visit www.murrayregional.com forward slash cancer. The Murray Regional Cancer Center is located at the Columbia Mall at 808 South James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. As the City of Columbia continues its growth and development, looking at trends heading into the next 10 years, one indicator in tracking Columbia's progress is its requests for new construction permits. Though the numbers appear to have stabilized in the last year or two, the overall amount of building permit requests for new construction has doubled compared to five years ago, according to the latest data provided by Columbia's Department of Development Services. The numbers, as of last week, have averaged about 900 permit requests per year. This includes requests for apartment units, which came on board in 2021. That trend looks to be continuing so far in 2023, compared to the same time last year, Development Services Director Paul Keltner said. Our overall permits have grown tremendously due to the mass home improvements that have taken place over the last couple of years, which really gets reflected in our inspection numbers, which was over 6,000 last year, he said. Building permit requests since 2018, not including Apartment units are from 2018, there were 420, in 2019, 446, in 2020, 420, in 2021, 708, in 2022, 653, and so far in 2023, 259. Mayor Chaz Mulder commented on the stabilization of the last few years, meaning the city can not only maintain the growth it's already experiencing, but has the ability to plan ahead for the next spike if and when it happens. We have seen quite a bit of growth over the last five years, but we are also starting to see a lot of other things, and one is the stabilization, Molder said. We also know we have thousands of jobs that have been announced over the years, of which some have already been coming online, but there are still a few that are some years out from reaching their capacity. And see, we're at this moment of opportunity in creating housing inventory for these jobs that are not yet filled. That is the sign of a robust, thriving, but not overly strained growth rate, he said. Mulder added that another indicator of the last five years' growth is in the city's planning commission meetings. Five years ago, we were happy to have a planning commission agenda, which meant there were items seeking approval, Mulder said. And now we are to a point where our agendas are so long our meetings are lasting three hours. But more importantly, it's because of the position we are now in that we have more leverage in the conversation, he said. Although building permit requests continue to come through the city and developments are approved, the market largely determines its completion and or timeline. This was made true during the COVID-19 pandemic, when inflation and the rise in construction costs, building materials and demand affected construction momentum. Market conditions drive a lot of this, and there have been multiple projects approved by the city, but have pulled back, in part or altogether, because the market has changed and become too expensive, Mayor Mulder said. That's something to also consider when looking at these numbers. Growth is also a topic that generates a number of opinions among citizens, such as those who might have owned property for generations, suddenly facing a 500-home neighborhood next door. However, Mayor Mulder stressed that city staff has put much more focus on smart growth, and that the goal is to continue the city's development, but to do so in a way that is deliberate, thereby creating a base for the future that can thrive and create more opportunities. Center of Hope and the Murray County Health Department are asking local businesses and residents to join together on Thursday in the fight against human trafficking. As part of Sexual Assault Awareness Month, the Red Sand Project is a community-wide event in which participants are asked to pour a bag of sand red sand in front of their businesses or homes, take a photo, and share it on social media. Center of Hope will also be gathering participants at the Murray County Courthouse starting at 11 a.m. on Thursday to join together on the pour. It's a wonderful project, draws attention to the problem, and is just a brilliant way to raise awareness for all those people who fall through the cracks, Center of Hope director Cindy Sims said. There will be some of us at the courthouse and other places in town, she said. Sims added that Wednesday is also Denim Day, where schools, businesses, and other organizations encourage people to wear denim in support of sexual assault victims. Red sand posts to social media are encouraged to use hashtag Center of Hope TN. Red Sand Project TN, and hashtag it has to stop. Bags of sand may be picked up at the Murray County Health Department, located at 1909 Hampshire Pike, through 4.30 p.m. today, Wednesday. Sand will also be available on a first-come, first-served basis. For more information, you can contact Cindy Sims at csims, that's C-S-I-M-S, at centerofhopetn.org, or Jennifer Kinzer at jennifer.kinzer, that's K-I-N-Z-E-R, at tn.gov. The Red Sand Project is an interactive art exhibition whose mission is to raise awareness of human trafficking. Participants will spread red sand on sidewalk cracks in front of local businesses and community gathering spots. The idea is to bring attention to those who have fallen through the cracks in society, according to a press release. The project has spread to more than 70 countries around the world, with more than one million participants taking part. Participants have included students and educators, businesses, nonprofit organizations, celebrities, and survivors. Sand used in the Red Sand Project consists of a feldspathic rock, a known source for producing a natural, non-toxic material void of carcinogens like crystalline silica, quartz, and tremolite asbestos. The red coloring is made using organic pigment and resins, encapsulating each grain with only organic ingredients. Blood Assurance and Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder are calling on residents to donate the gift of blood during National Volunteer Month. Since 1991, the month of April has been dedicated to honoring all volunteers throughout the United States, as well as encouraging volunteerism, like giving blood. In recognition of the occasion, Mulder is featured in a new public service announcement produced by Blood Assurance. This is an opportunity to answer the call and give back, Mayor Mulder said in the promotional video. Knowing that it will go on to help someone who needs it, I can't imagine a more important calling, he said. Blood Assurance is the sole supplier of blood and blood products to the city's only hospital, Murray Regional Medical Center. The nonprofit has a donation center at 1412 Trotwood Avenue in Columbia. It's important that our blood supply levels remain at a point that doesn't get crucial for our community, noted Mayor Mulder. I'm grateful for Blood Assurance and what they mean for our community as far as giving back, he said. Donors can schedule an appointment online by going to www.bloodassurance.org forward slash schedule, call one 800 962 or text the word give to the number 999-777. Walk-ins are also accepted. All individuals who donate in the month of April will receive a commemorative Super Donor t-shirt. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have mostly cloudy skies today with a slight chance of a rain shower. The high will be around 68 degrees with winds out of the east at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect partly cloudy skies that will give way to cloudy skies and rain overnight. The low will be around 50 degrees with light and variable winds. The chance of overnight rain? 80%. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things. So the service you
1: receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours. And we invite you to experience the difference.
0: Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first.
1: For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009.
2: Oh!
0: Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. The Robertson County Board of Education voted unanimously to deny the charter school application for American Classical Academy Robertson in a special called meeting on Monday. I can promise you that as the chair of the Charter School Review Committee and the committee itself, there's been quite a few hours spent on this application. Robertson County Schools Director Chris Causey said. Board members voted to deny the application based on an extensive review process by and on the recommendation of the Robertson County Schools Charter School Application Review Committee, which found it lacking in its academic, operational, and financial plans. Summary ratings for the three sections of the school's academic, operational, and financial plan needed to meet or exceed the standard for the board to approve the application. Each section was found to partially meet or not meet the standard. The review committee named several concerns with the school's plan, including that the Barney School Charter Initiative curriculum developed by Hillsdale College is not currently aligned to Tennessee's academic standards. The budget does not provide a realistic alignment to the acquisition of a facility, whether constructed or leased, and a debt service, if needed, is not addressed, and financial procedures, policy, systems, and processes for accounting, payroll, and independent annual audits are not clearly outlined in the application." Additional issues the review committee found with the school's application include a budget that does not provide for debt service and requires annual donations of $150,000 raised, primarily by families. The process for identifying students with disabilities, at-risk students, and gifted students is not clearly explained and relies on outdated exiting criteria and eligibility guidelines, and career and technical education opportunities and pathways to college and career are not provided. Through their research committee members ultimately recommended non-authorization of the application. While the review committee acknowledges the commitment of American Classical Academy Robertson board members to partner with Robertson County Schools to offer school choice to families, the lack of alignment throughout the application makes it difficult to assess the capacity to open and sustain a viable school. Robertson County Assistant Director of Schools Melanie Dickerson said at the committee's closing of the committee's closing statement Following the board's denial, the charter school has 30 days to submit an amended application for review. The board would then have 60 days to rule on the amendment application. Three districts in Murfreesboro, Clarksville, and Jackson previously denied ACE charter applications. Murray County is another county being considered uh, for American Classical Academy. In last night's Education Board of Education meeting, they rejected the proposal by a vote of 6 to 5. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee today, and now our final story. Pedigree Foundation, a philanthropic organization that helps dogs find their forever homes, will host the dog, the love of dogs benefit concert on Wednesday, May 17th at 6 p.m. at Marathon Music Works, located at 1402 Clinton Street in Nashville. The concert event will be hosted by syndicated country radio personality Sean Parr and will include a cocktail reception, dinner, and exciting live silent auction that will be followed by a special musical performance by Marty Stewart and his fabulous superlatives, all to benefit Pedigree Foundation and its Shelter and Rescue Grants program. Limited tickets are available. For more information, go to www.donate.pedigreefoundation.org forward slash event.